I would say that I was a little too thirsty for likes and I made poor decisions and my body was saying, no, you should not do that. And my brain was like, no, but we have a really couple, I have a handful of really good reasons for why it's totally okay to do this. And I was wrong. And we're off. I have hit the button. There's no going back now. Oh, okay. Then let's start running. Let's do that. <laughs> so, hello. Welcome to the Kindness Economy <laughs> podcast. We are your hosts. I am Rebecca. I am Courtney. And this week, I will be talking about getting a guitar. Uh-huh. And I will also be talking about being basically up TikTok's ass. Uh, it's um, actually pretty fun up there. Really? Yeah. Uh, I, I was on the road for seven days straight, so you're going to listen to me talk a lot about being on the road for seven days straight. And in the meantime... The, the self-care, I... As my self-care, I got a guitar. And... <clears throat> and it seems a weird thing to get, but I like went into therapy and my therapist was playing a guitar and I had a really, really strong reaction to it. And I was like, hey, feelings, what is that about? Wait, playing guitar in the session? Not in the session, but like as I was going into his office, he has a guitar in his, you know, yeah, his just office. he's no. just chilling before I get there. Word. Okay. I, okay. And uh, just hearing it made me all emotional. And I've been like sitting with that for a month and like thinking about it and um one of the things that uh my dad tried to teach me how to play guitar mm. when i was in high school mm -hmm. and i mostly was um an aggressive asshole about refusing to learn because i was a teenager and you know feelings you can't make me do anything family drama um then the family drama amounted to like you know between my dad being an alcoholic and my mom being an asshole about everything. I was just like, nah, that just seems like a bullshit hobby to me that I'm not interested. Okay. And after realizing that it's not really about the guitar, it's about my relationship to my dad. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, all right. I guess I'll spend some time with this guitar now. And it's fun. And yeah. I really love it. Yeah. And I'm kind of good at it. Like, naturally good at it. And I'm starting to be like, if I don't actually hate all those parts that, like, were my dad's gifts, like, he was so ridiculously talented, and it's this thing I talk about all the time, that he's just so ridiculously talented. And the idea that I inherited that talent is um, slowly sinking in, mm -hmm. you know, as I have my own in-home studio. <laughs> <laughs> like, there you go. Like, that there's potential uh, for myself as an artist was uh, pretty limited because of my upbringing. And now I'm like, no, I'm going to get a guitar and, like, learn how to play it. And, like, you know, as the feelings come up around that, we're going to deal with that. But, um, like, letting myself have fun and like letting myself play mm -hmm. in ways that like were super serious to me before for a bunch of reasons that I don't need to hold on to. Yeah. And I'm just like, all right, cool. I actually understand a whole bunch more about 
guitar than probably most starting because of my dad. And so like, and now I have cute video and photos of my kids with my with guitar. guitar. Oh God, it's so cute. The stakes are lower now. Like there's not that. It's just awesome. Yeah. So like letting myself feel that and um, like with the, you know, with the, with the talent of my dad came a lot of like, that was also a lot of his alcoholism mm -hmm. was in that too. And like, I got some of that too. And the part of, you know, thank God I got sober so much sooner than he did. And that I get to Handy. like really um, enjoy these gifts instead of not or just being a jackass with them, which is, you know, what I was raised to do and I would prefer to not, you know, not fun. So my, you know, deep, deep therapy of guitar playing that is happening. And uh, yeah. It's, it's really exciting. Yeah. And I have it. I got a really nice guitar on sale mm -hmm. on clearance. In fact, oh, I love saving money. Clearance. Clearance is so. Heavy. Oh yeah. It's like a $600 <laughs> guitar. They got it for 150 bucks. Mm. Like, yes. Um, and it's not like I need, you know, it's not like I have any particular need for fashion guitar. Right. Like that's a thing people have. Fashion they want guitar? fashion. Yes. Have you been to Guitar Center? No. I'm going to say that's a no. That's a no on your face. I have not been All to right. Guitar I have Center. not been to Guitar Center for guitars. I went to Guitar Center a lot for my DJ mm. career in a former life. That was my 20s. Um, my longest term, one of my longest term relationships is with Guitar Center. Like I just put my phone number and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, you're in the system. Great. I was like, okay, cool. Like That's fine. Hey. We missed you. I, you we been? loved your money. Um, and, and so now I'm back and buying stuff there and they like have a whole wall of electric guitars that are like the new fashion guitars. It's like a thing. Oh. So like the new hot guitar mm -hmm. for every brand mm -hmm. comes out every year. They have a line and some of them are going to be like, a you know a signature for so and so like a custom built for one rock star or whatever uh some famous guitar player and then they'll have like very specific colorways just like fashion okay. just like fashion and you don't need that shit i'm gonna give you a quick buyer's guide while i'm on here because my friends have my friend is a guitar mechanic person okay so my friend benjamin strange he does strange guitar works out of new orleans it's a, you know, custom guitar shop. Mm -hmm. And I consulted with him after I'd already bought it. And he was like, well, you, you can select for, if it's heavier, it's more durable. And if it's lighter, it just has a more resonant tone. Okay. So if you want it to sound better, you get a lighter one. If you're buying something for your kid, you probably want a heavier one. Or if you know. Yeah, if you want something beefy. Right. If you need something to not break, that's the game. Um, and for getting a new guitar, you can, if you can find a guitar shop somewhere to do a setup 
where they um, adjust the nut and adjust the bridge so that it just plays nicer. And they adjust the action so that the press, when you're moving up and down the fretboard, Mm -hmm. more or less the press is the same. Um, And right out of the factory, they're not. And like having gotten it back now, I can like feel it in my fingers, the difference um, for playability. And it's like 110 bucks in San Francisco. So like literally any other market, it's going to be cheaper than that. Oh, San Francisco. I know. It's fine. (laughs) Um, But for, you know, now $250, I have a guitar that plays really, really well. And Good place I'm to pretty start. stoked about it. And also have adorable pictures of my p- kids playing the guitar because that's adorable. I also have, you know, pictures of me playing with my dad's guitar as a tiny person. Uh, okay. So <laughs> that's fun. I can at least put, I can put that on the, the thing. I can put that. Pictures play, of you. Me playing with my dad's guitar okay. while he's playing. <laughs> so that was sort of my deep meaningful self-care oh, for the thing my i had a birthday so I tend your to, birthday yeah happy birthday thanks i tend to go places for my birthday disappear or um throw surprise parties for myself much to the chagrin of people that show up to it um <laughs> that's amazing yeah i've pulled that off a couple of times it's pretty awesome if you can do it um but this year we went down to the Mojave. Um, we For liked, the sound festival, right? Yeah, the Mojave Sound Art Festival. And uh, parentheses, I can't remember if I talked about this this season. I built a teardrop trailer from scratch, so yeah, that's that is my baby. So any excuse we have to hop in the car and drag that thing behind us, I am down. Yes. Um, you know, not only do I manage space and things in space for people i am a big fan of optimizing tiny spaces for portability which is exactly what a teardrop is also adorable yeah i mean just being able to hop on the road and like pull over when you get tired and crawl in the back and go to sleep mm-hmm. hella useful on a long road trip um but no we went down to the mojave sound art festival we split the trip down into two days because the Mojave is a really big place surprisingly enough uh we got down to Bakersfield camped on the Kern River and that was all nice and whatnot and cold it is still spring parentheses nothing has thawed out yet everything is just cold there that's my own yeah spring is not universal no it is it is not um, but we also had an interesting trip, like side trip, several side trips on this large trip. There's the Mojave Desert, but then there's the town of Mojave proper. Hmm. And Roy and I like diners. We like greasy spoons for breakfast. I wish I could. I yeah. wish I could. Yeah. Like, no, like get coffee. But you're like allergic to everything too. Mm-hmm. So what do you eat? I, I'm... I'm allergic to gluten. Mm. Yeah. Like I get the... And I've I've documented my reactions to gluten. And uh, 
For this trip, I just decided to throw myself on that grenade. Um, like, that's a that's a fair decision to make. It was a very it's calculated thing. Do the thing. Get but it. But this particular diner, they had gluten free options. <gasps> nice. Oh, yeah, I was. California is good for that. Oh, even though it was in the middle, like it it was at. We were looking for a diner. I'm driving. Roy's like, I'm gonna find us some food. I'm like, work. We drive into Mojave proper, the town of Mojave, and it's like, all right, cool. It seems like the sort of town that's going to have a pretty awesome diner. And we drive, like we turn off and don't go to the touristy part that draws people. And I'm like, okay. And we wind up in this industrial park and I'm thinking, all right, where I remember like following truck drivers to go eat where they eat because they know where the good food is. So, yes, industrial park. I'm going to trust a diner that we find in an industrial park in this neck of the woods. And then I see a giant rocket off to the side. Yes. And Roy's like, turn here. And I'm like, excuse me, are you taking us to the... And as we turn the corner, there's the Mojave Air and Space Port right there. <gasps> the diner is in yes. the Mojave Air and Space Port. <laughs> oh, so cool. It, yeah, and I, I just sat there with my mouth hanging open going, what the hell? This is amazing. Go. So, yeah, of course. I'm, yes, of course. Like, say yes, roll up, park, yes. And there's this line of people who are standing outside who are very obviously fresh off their private jets. And we roll up with our teardrop, and there's like this uh, window of silence where they're sizing us up and we're sizing them up. We're like... What are you doing here? What are you doing here? <laughs> so we get out and start walking around into the place, and it's awesome. It's just a, it's a it's a diner in an airport with the the entry off of the parking lot side, but then they have the second entry off of the airstrip because there are people in this diner who flew in for their meal, and I'm like, okay. That's a thing. That is a thing that people do. Or it, that it, like, well, damn. All right. Diner break. Yeah. Yeah. They just fly in to the diner and then go? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that face. That face. I'm like, what? Uh, okay. That's a thing. But the food was good. And like I said, gluten-free. I had a... Uh... Oh, I can't remember the name of it. It had the words crash landing in it. Appropriate. <laughs> but um no the coffee was plentiful and strong everybody in there was nice and yeah like people were walking in off the airstrip uh a fleet of bikers rolled in so they came in off the street side um but you know there's like a flighter jet just rolling past as we're sitting there because the windows face onto everything yes and there's decommissioned aircraft off to the side. So you're like looking at all those going, oh, okay, that, that's, that's a thing. And you, know, you see somebody walk out carrying their bag and then just start to walk around doing the inspection on their plane, sitting like right on the other side of the little hip high wall. Like that's a, a woo. So we spent a lot of time with our noses pressed to the glass and like taking breaks to shovel more eggs in our mouths. It was good. It was really good. Fun. Uh, yeah, that was a really delightful side trip on mm -hmm. the way down to the, to like the big sound art festival. 
and it was like it's not a big sound art festival it's a um mm, it's a small sound art festival it started last year oh, okay like last year was the first year and found out about it because we had a friend who put an installation in that sounds on brand yeah it's like hey i'm i'm doing this thing you should come check it out okay road trip yeah um so this year was the second year but the thing that happened last year that we discovered last year is that in the middle of the sound art festival there was an already established experimental music festival that happens and it was on its 10th year oh so yeah i was like oh that's cool um so this year it's the second year of the of the sound art festival and the 11th year of this experimental music festival okay um so there were a lot of people that did not know what was going on and they showed up early for the music and then see all of us kind of roaming around with stuff for the sound art and they're like what so <laughs> we explain everything that we're doing to them and they're like that's amazing <laughs> wait you had a sunrise performance like yeah that was i completely slept through the sunrise performance because i went to the friday night like evening installation you kind of have to make your decision on if you're going to do the evening or the morning installation i mean you could do naps naps I mean, are an option na naps are an option like, actually naps are recommended and you get to everything like hella hot um but yeah it was it was great just to like soak in art and then like i'll probably talk about more aspects of this but we did the art and then chose not to do more art in service of my own desire desire for what more desert uh right like yeah the plan was to go to uh where do we go death valley oh i love death valley that was my first time the death valley i love it that was amazing that's a yeah that was an experience we did a school trip as a kid and we had to like the sands got so bad that we had to go sleep in the school the like two room school that they have down there mm. apparently well at least in the yeah. 90s that's what it was yeah oh that it's the how it, is your desert my party desert. it uh we opted to skip out on a different art event and go to death valley and it was the trip from 29 palms up to death valley was fun because we got to cut i guess lengthwise across the desert which was fun because we're taking two-lane roads just kind of sneaking through parks and whatnot and staying off of the freeway which can be trying for some people like being out away from all the things and gas stations who was it you or hmm? was it you no no i was having fun with it. Oh, okay but i was I just could... curious but when you're on a two-lane road and it just disappears across a valley and then up over a mountain and there's like a cacti there and like another like a joshua tree way off to the side and there's nothing else from horizon to horizon i could see people getting a little mm -hmm. ditchy about that I, I have been known to get uncomfortable in those situations but i like it now there were also trains. Yeah? Yeah. I like planes and I like trains. My kid likes trains. I've learned a lot about trains recently because yeah. of children. Yeah. So 
Like the what the, the Union Pacific? There was a train museum oh. halfway across. <laughs> That's on brand. Yeah. Cool. And it was kind of awesome. Like I I haven't gotten to those pictures yet in the posting of the things, but yeah, there's a train museum. But I will I will break off from that because I will talk more about it later. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Business meeting. Yeah. I had uh, my friend is a doctor and they are working on spagyrics. Excuse me, what? Which is like a tincture, but like more. Uh? It's called a spagyric. It's like a more concentrated tincture. Okay. And uh, it's this, that's, that's their business. Uh, but I'm teaching them about Instagram and TikTok and just social media marketing stuff, you know. The stuff that we do, or that I do, yeah, and um, jam. and and I had the like forty-five minute meeting, and my friend is like, "I want to pay you," and I'm like, "I hear you, I appreciate that, I'm willing to accept barter for this," and and I want to take a moment to talk about like the difference between what I am doing and uh, imposter syndrome, because imposter syndrome is where you believe that you don't deserve it. Mm. And that's not what I'm doing. I do believe I deserve it. I do believe that there is value to the thing that I am doing. Yes. But I believe also that I'm not going to create, when you start doing that, and if you need to, obviously, please do, but I don't need to. And that's leverage to me Mm. Mm -hmm. that I don't need to. So it's not that I'm doing this out of a sense of like, you know, imposter syndrome or even, I mean, I... I'm not exactly doing it out of altruism either. Like, there's a lot of benefits. This is your laboratory. Exactly. We're in the lab right now. I'm getting a lot of information. Yeah. I get two segments of content from this for my thing that I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I get a lot. A petri dish. Exactly. So I'm getting something valuable out of it. I don't need that. And what it is, is when you start doing that, it's the same reason why we don't advertise. Mm. We're not going out and seeking advertising. I am not interested in um, nickel and diming my friends, because that's who my clients are right now. They're all my friends. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to nickel and dime my friends. What I'm doing, you're never gonna stop doing that. You're gonna be like spending at least 10, 20% of your time. If you start doing that, you will always be doing that. And that's where the power of the leverage is. is I, because I don't have to, if I don't start playing that game, I don't have to you keep playing that to. game. And so it makes sense to me to not nickel and dime my friends and just wait until bigger fish are like begging me to pay me like thousands of dollars. Like I don't need to be like, let me figure out what I need to charge my friend. Like, no, that's not the game at all. I don't, yeah. So it was... It was an interesting opportunity because to me, it demonstrates value that they want to pay me. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, a queer woman. And so there's a, a, a part of it that is her making sure that I'm not doing the imposter syndrome thing, right? Like she's doing her like sisterly duty of making sure that I'm, I understand my, my value. Um, and what she doesn't understand is that the, 
like for my bigger picture conversation, the reality is, is she's begging to pay me. That's valuable. That's like, I receive that. Mm. I absolutely receive that. And that she believes that what I've offered has value. I receive that. Um, but I feel like it's like the metaphor that I'm using in my head is like, I read this book to my kids a lot. Um, it's about one of the rocket launches, uh, like mission to mission to the moon or something. Mm -hmm. And, and what you don't really realize until like, maybe unless you're super into space stuff, which I'm just not that kid. When the countdown starts, the rockets start way before launch. Yes. Cause you've got to like build up pressure. And that's sort of the metaphor that I'm using for this. It's because I have the ability to, I am choosing to leverage that. So it's like, I'm keeping my rocket tethered to the ground. And my friend begging to pay me is the first fucking fireball. And we're okay. just letting that build up. And then we're going to let it go. That's like building up tension before the deadlift. Exactly. It's making sure you have it before you pull it. It makes it, it feels safer to me. And I know I don't, I, I have the opportunity to be able to play it safe and to be able to play a long game. And I understand not all artists have that leverage. It's fucking real, but I do and I'm taking it. And I'm also gonna go over the specific stuff that I talked about in the meeting for the like tips and stuff in the next segment. But I just wanted to talk about the mentality behind that like, decision. I don't really charge for my consultation right now. And there's a reason. Um, and I thought that was helpful to share that there's two ways to do it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do you have more art or the road? More art? Oh. Well, that like it was a road, like there's the road and then there's the art, and all of it kind of bled together on this trip. Um one of the things I noticed, I am I'm a hyper aware person. Um mostly because of evaluating my own safety and checking out situations and making sure everything is chill. Um, if we roll into a campground, I definitely like check out the bumper stickers. Oh, for sure. And window decals. And like, is this a safe place? Right. To oh. close my eyes. Yeah. Which is like, you know, whether it's good or bad, that's just the reality of the situation of course. that I'm dealing with. So like, that is a thing. Um, but it's, I noticed it because I will tell people uh, safe travels. I wish people safe travels, have a safe journey. And that's just me kind of giving my generic see around, like, but I'm not going to see you. Whatever happens on the path you're on, I hope you're safe. That's. But when I say that on the road, like in a museum in the middle of nowhere or at a truck stop or in a diner, um, people pause, like really do stop in their tracks and take it in, in a way that I have not, that I don't see people do like here in the city. Right. Um, 
and it lands it lands almost like this blessing hmm. that's really interesting that's sort of like you, the world and it it feels almost like an acknowledgement of like the flip side of my hyper awareness like yeah the world is kind of fucked right now and we're all just making our way through it and we're all just trying to make our way through it as safely as we possibly can um so yeah it's this weird gentle kindness that i wind up extending um and not in a uh how do i phrase this not from a position of weakness either like not kindness as in supplication but kindness is in this sort of fearless i'm gonna be benevolent and it might go to shit. i don't know mm-hmm. um and to be able to do that and face that unknown is exhilarating to me but it's also an act mm-hmm. of power mm-hmm. um so yeah, it felt really good to kind of engage with that dynamic on the road. That's that's kind of trippy. I like that. I want to say that more. What? Oh, safe, safe travels. travels. Yeah. We were traveling too. Yeah. We went to New York City. I saw. <laughs> it was fun. I mean, a lot of people saw apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Roughly uh, 13,000 people. <laughs> That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people in one room. <laughs> um, so Charity and I went to New York. We are trying to travel and spend more time together. Um, changes have been happening at our work, which is awesome. So I get to see her more. Um, yeah, it was mostly fun. I didn't get to... Um, I didn't get to find what I was looking for as far as like art. No, there it is. Okay. Um, I, when I go traveling, what I like to do is I go searching for graffiti Mm, and street art. And, and there's like a difference to me between the big commercial murals that you see and like legit street art. Yes. There's nothing wrong with the big commercial murals. I hope all of the artists get the money to make big commercial murals. Totally. Um, but I grew up in uh, rougher neighborhoods that you would see a lot of these pieces. And like there's there's a whole like ecosystem of this art. And uh, because I understand it better, I'm able to track it. Um, like the way that one would like, yet like I can look at a map and be like, this is where it would be. Mm, mm-hmm. And that's sort of what I was saying. I didn't find what I was looking for in that sometimes like this is the first time that I didn't find it. And I was a little bummed. In New York? I know. <laughs> <gasps> like I found little bits of it, but not um, like there's stuff that you get like on the main drag. Mm-hmm. And then if you go off the main drag, you can find more stuff. Yeah. I wasn't seeing it. Maybe it was just like an off week or whatever. But I wanted to talk quickly about um, the nature of the nature of the behavior to sort of share my tracking style. 
Um, and what, like, there's a very, like, white people definition of graffiti art, and it's, like, you know, the equivalent of marking your territory like an animal. And it's like, no, that's not yeah. the same at all, no. actually. It's like marketing, but it's like marketing from the streets. Mm. And it's like, there's a space here with a visibility here, and this is where the people go. And so this is where you get the most eyeballs for your piece. Mm -hmm. And it's a matter of like, it's more complicated than marking your territory, but it's no different than advertising anything else. It is, it is born of that behavior that animals have. And it is more than that. It is the ability to say, this is the perfect place to, to, to share my message. And my message in this case is like, in these neighborhoods where folks are from that are largely disenfranchised, it's like literally I have a name. And this is the most beautiful way I can say my name. And I wanna say it as big and beautifully and as clearly visible to as many people as humanly possible, that I am here. And my name is beautiful. And like, that's most of what brands are doing too, but they're jackasses. <laughs> like, the Coca-Cola sign. Like, like that. Yeah, Coca-Cola is doing that too. Yeah. But this is, is just, it's so beautiful to me. I love it so much. And I love seeking it out. So I will pick, I, I went out to the Bronx for the first time, which was actually really difficult because it's further out from Manhattan than you think. Mm -hmm. And I just, it's been like my, my fourth time to New York and this is the first time I've been able to get out to the Bronx because it's so much easier to get to Brooklyn or, or Harlem. And Harlem's also like really cleaned up too. Like I went through Harlem on the first day. It's like there's those big commercial murals and nothing, nothing else. Yeah. And I'm just like, maybe the legend is too much. And they're like, nah, stop coming here. <laughs> um, but that's mostly the, the, the game for me is just to get out there and see those names and to see that, that work. Mm -hmm. um, there was one piece that I will add to the show notes that just had uh, visible from the platform, uh, the top of a building that just said distrust. Mm. And I felt like that spoke so much to the like, yes, like, yes. <laughs> like as I, as I'm getting older and I'm getting a more self-reflective moment about this behavior in myself. Um, yeah, that was the most poignant message that I saw. Yeah. And sometimes they, uh, they're like a hug. Uh, because when we, when we lived in New York, I remember, that's why I squealed when I saw the thing that said neck face. Cause I was like, <laughs> neck face, oh my God, it's yeah. neck face. He's, they're still around. So that was yeah. like right outside my hotel. It was I know. super great. I was like, oh, okay. Yay. But how do you explain that here? You know, like. Seeing, it doesn't look like anything. Know, it just it doesn't even look very. Face. It's not it's even like, nicely no, really. drawn. But you're just like, no, that's the point. That it's the <laughs> same. It. Oh. I do remember 
uh, leaving a note in chalk for somebody. Like, you can make this so much prettier. Try harder. Mm. And they came back and made a prettier tag. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So there's also, there's also the, like, uh, the, the art that is for everyone to see, which is the one that is at the train station that you will see, or waterways are a great one for that as well. So mm-hmm. the trains and the rivers, um, mm-hmm. uh, docks of any kind, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, in particular, transit hubs that will be an intersection of those waterways and trains will oh, be really, really great. Yeah. Cause they, cause that's where the most eyeballs are. Right. So there's a lot of work that is done for the eyeballs, but there's other work done for themselves that you, that's the stuff, that's the stuff that I'm really looking for that I couldn't find. Like there's a little bit of it, but there's not, not a lot, not a lot of like, sometimes it's like, so, so like, just like awe striking fucking beauty of this artwork. And And particularly, I would say there's even been times where it doesn't even seem very self-aware, particularly I would say like Cape Town and um, Tel Aviv, where it's just like, this is just for them. Mm. And they don't do it for the purposes of commercial outreach of any kind. And you can sort of tell that in that there's like a when you're tracking these styles, you can sort of, you know what's popular and you know what like shapes have, have come into vogue, what colors have come into vogue as they go and come and all that stuff. It's mm-hmm. just like fashion, just like clothing of fashion, <laughs> just like what I was saying about the guitars. It's so much of that. And, and when you start to see like a lot of experimentation outside of that, that that's the good stuff. That is so fun for me. Oh, so good. And so that was usually what I was looking for. I was able to find a bunch of that in Dublin. If you go out the waterways, out by the, the Facebook campus, actually. Mm. Um, yeah. It, oh. Also in Dublin, I was like but walking between like one transit center and another. And that's sort of what I do is I'll pick two transit centers and just walk between them. And I found this like abandoned, I, I want to say it was like a truck mechanic shop sort of space it's just had really high ceilings and the ability for um a semi to walk drive through okay and you could see like um in some of the bays you could see like the track for the for the tires Mm -hmm. so that you could get under the vehicle Mm -hmm. um and they just had huge beautiful walls just full of color uh, if you go out there, I recommend bring a light and also be mindful. There are people living in those the buildings on the outer side of that property. So just be respectful, you know. And also when you're in these neighborhoods, these are generally very poor folks, disenfranchised folks. Don't be an ass. <laughs> like, please be mindful. If it looks like someone lives there, don't go in there. You don't want someone walking into your house. You're going into somebody else's space. I wish I had worn a headscarf when I was exploring the Muslim neighborhoods of Jerusalem. I should have worn a headscarf. Mm. I I didn't think about it until it, we were until 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 it was very clear that we were making people uncomfortable. <laughs> like, and it could have just been our whiteness. We shouldn't have been there because we were white. Like, my friend at least has a beard, but it's a red beard. It's not going to help us at all. <laughs> like, they know that's not a Muslim beard. They know we're not supposed to be there. 
we shouldn't have been there. So just, you know, I'm giving you this information because I want to share and I want to, you know, want everybody to have fun adventures. And I also, please, the whole point of this is we don't behave like colonialists. So please don't. <laughs> but I also have some cool pictures now from the art that I found. And that just that one I'm going to add to the show notes because I thought it was really awesome. Mm-hmm. But that was mostly, that's my adventure that's the kind of art adventure I like to have. Art adventure. Yeah. And Kelly was there too. Ah. Kelly went with me for my first search day. Okay. So I have actual pictures of me recording that that viral Guggenheim video. I actually have a picture of yeah, me. Pic- yeah. Somebody I can took a picture of you taking yeah, a picture. I, I, didn't, I never have a tech for myself. And Kelly is totally the bomb yeah. tech. Yeah. So that was awesome. Loved having her time. That that was super awesome. Yeah. So are we good for? Yeah, I think we're down for the first section. Okay. Okay. Oh, wait. Pause it. Yeah, no, no, no. We're it's okay. Good. Yeah. So we are it's back. Time to jump back into the business part. Section two. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been 18 months since I started the social media marketing game. Oh. Which okay. started like October right. of last year right. or year before. And um and I finally started to like figure stuff out in a way that's really interesting to me, at least. Um I I got semi viral on TikTok. Yeah. Like the lessons from early adoption are kind of awesome. <clears throat> yes, it's a pain in the ass. Yes, it's filled with children. Mm-hmm. But also, we didn't do any ads for last week. Mm-hmm. And we had a really, really good, a really good week. We had like our second best week in March. Okay. And for the month of March, we had our third best month overall, overall. including last year. Oh, okay. And those numbers are pretty good. I'm pretty happy about that. And I also, like, I get it now, the part where, you know, the various gurus are telling me uh, the early adoption to these platforms gives you such an advantage. Like, there's a, it's, it's, I've been on TikTok for about a month now. And yeah, there's a learning curve, but it's really exciting and fun for me because this is the stuff that I do. And for me personally, it's sort of like what I thought, it's what I thought YouTube was going to be for me. Mm-hmm. When I started a year and a half ago, dear listeners, if you would like to see awkward videos of me working out, there's lots of content available <laughs> on YouTube. I will link that for you. Totally do that. Um, And I learned a lot about production and stuff. And yesterday I did a TikTok of my workout and I was just thinking about that year and a half ago when I was trying to make videos and how much more work it is. That I was, you know, I have a production, actual production, not actual, like we were all fucking actually producing for creators, but like a classic production background Mm -hmm. where I'm just sort of used to setting up multiple camera shots. And, you know, well, I'm used you to, 
and I, and and like for for what we're doing here when i go to a multi-camera setup for us mm. what i want to be able to do is live switch it have the switcher sitting right here yeah and so i can change the camera for the actual record as we're recording so you don't have to go back and i don't have to go back it. and edit it i don't have to save if i have a four four camera shoot i don't have to save four cameras worth of of video it's just one video it's just already done and it spits it out ready ready to to go um for this for this sh setup i'm just going to get a video switcher but for for tiktok versus youtube you know when i was doing my workout yesterday i was able to record it's a 15 seconds and in my 15 seconds i got to completely you know cover my workout and use popular music and in a like the workout was in three sets my middle set was where i did the work and it only it only changed my time by like 30 seconds it's like a 10 percent shift mm. in my time to accommodate this filming i've already got the experience for working with youtube so where to put my phone to get my shots mm -hmm. i already know where that is i notice people in the gym doing that <laughs> they do it like it's a thing and you want to be mindful of like, you don't want to film other people. So what I actually do, which is convenient for me, the light, the good light is where the windows are, but the coach is usually teaching class from the other side. Mm -hmm. So I will put my camera on the windowsill and turn around. Okay. So you can't see anybody else's faces, but mine, because mm -hmm. they're all facing the other direction. So that's what, you know, it's easy about my space is that that's available to me. And I've already, like, I was only frustrated that I didn't think sooner that that's what I wanted to do. Because then I can't go to the beginning once I start filming. I can't go to the beginning and change it. Because that's not, like, that's another limitation. So one of the things that I love about TikTok is the limitations. You get one minute. That's all you have. You better make it count. Every single second every fraction of a second you make it count there's multiple takes that i did where it's like cutting off the like last half of the word of whatever and i'm like whatever you know what that is you know what the hell i'm saying i'm going on that's that's time i need later um and if you watched my videos before what you've seen or even if you've seen my instagram workout stuff you'll see that i include a copy of the workout mm -hmm. so you see what i'm supposed to do you see what i did and then you can see the data from my watch. And what I wish I had done is go at the beginning of class, get a quick shot of the workout, whatever. Like it doesn't really matter. One of the other limitations of TikTok is not only is it just you only get that one minute, but if you need to change something at the beginning, you have to start over. You only get that whatever take you're working on. So it forces you to plan it out real specific. If you want to, and this is, you know, this is sort of defeating the purpose. Now I've already done this where uh, to add a graphic to the end of my TikTok, I export it out, upload it in, and I actually did a tutorial on TikTok doing I a one, that. one minute, I'm so proud of myself, a one minute tutorial on some like video editing shit. Like <laughs> that's, I'm stoked on myself for that. <laughs> that's hard. That was really hard. And that's where I really felt like when I got to the end and I was like, oh, I need more time. And I literally had to go to like the third segment. And I was so sad. 
and I probably should have just started over because there was some empty time in the beginning too, but I was just like, I can't redo the whole thing. I'm not going to be able to pick up my kids in time for school. So, so now you know. This is what we're doing. And then we're learning, sharing my tips and whatever, sharing the information. But it's basically everything that I wanted YouTube to be is TikTok. And I'm sort of like, you know, smorgasbording it, like just whatever pops into my head mm-hmm. goes on TikTok. And it's all kinds of stuff. There, Yeah, it's going to be fun. I have yet to do, like I've shown up in some of yours. Right. But I haven't done my own. And I just, like sitting here listening to you, got a couple of ideas. And, so, you like, know, not, not everybody I, wants to be a creator. Yeah, and yeah. that's cool. Like creators need an audience. I'm not mad. Right? Yeah. But that, like I've been spending so much time on TikTok, partly because it gives you ideas. It inspires you. And it gives you a sense of what's already there. And I can like fill in the gaps. Okay. That's sort of how I think of it. I got a couple of ideas. Uh, You'll see them. You'll see them. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, God. (laughs) We're going to talk more about TikTok later, but uh, you've got... Oh, yeah. A couple of things. Uh, Merit badges. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to talk about merit badges. So the... I talked about going out into the desert to get my big art on. But it was specifically around the um, Mojave Sound Art Festival. That was something that we were planning to do. And after that, we were going to go to Death Valley. And that was what we were down for. There was also, was, is also something going on called uh, Desert X. Uh, Large art installations closer to uh, Palm Springs. And... A lot of our friends have either gone to it already or are on their way to it now. Oh, um, okay. That was the other one that you did not go to. Yeah. So there was a lot of like, yeah, we're going down to the desert. Oh, you're going to Desert X. Well, no, no, we're not. Um, it's bigger. It's like, it, yeah, literally bigger. I think the art is bigger. The event itself is bigger. Is um, it like Burning Man, California, basically? I, I don't know. I don't know. Because I haven't you haven't been. gone. Fair, yeah, so fair I enough. Say anything about it, but we were down there, and Palm Springs is at the basically, what, the other end of this honking huge valley? So there's this sort of uh, thing as we're getting towards the end of the Sound Art Festival, like, well, you're going to go to Desert X from this, right? And there's like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, we're going to go because, because why? And this was where I started asking myself the question, like, all right, wait, why? Why, why would we go? Hmm. Do I even want to go? What would be the purpose in going? Uh, So like when I wrote down the whole merit badges thing, um, it was when I realized that it was wanting to go to Desert X was me wanting to put a notch on my belt, but not necessarily wanting to do the thing. I mean, also probably a little bit of FOMO. Yeah, I mean, a FOMO could be a Fear version. Fear of missing out for yes. the folks at home, if you don't know yet. Fear of missing out, which, from a professional standpoint, is something that uh, I talk about 
and a lot of my colleagues have talked about with clients because it is a form of um, uh, it's tempor- temporal hoarding, time hoarding. Oh, like cramming as much as you possibly can into your calendar because ooh, this is a rant that I did not expect to stumble across, but I guess it is relevant when minimalism, when minimalism becomes an aspirational thing, aspirational lifestyle, then experience becomes your conspicuous consumption. Mm. So then you're collecting your merit badges, you're getting the notches on your belt. And that's that FOMO where you're cramming everything in, not even necessarily because you like it or because you want it, but because you have to collect that point. Mm-hmm. It's an experience point. Gimme, gimme. So, I mean, XP adds up. I mean, but for what? But we're not playing Dungeons you know, and Dragons. Do you want, do you want to take a different <clears throat> adventure and get different, Ooh. different points? To apply to something else that satisfies satisfies you better, and that's the conversation I had with myself, where it's like, wow, okay, yeah, the the experience hunter would be like, yes, let us turn around and go two hours in the opposite direction down this valley in order to spend a day at this thing and then come back and push all of our travel plans out a day, which was like, oh yeah, we're down here. That's not that big of a deal. We can do it, but I don't have I don't have that hunger. I don't have that desire to do it. So so why? Mm. Yeah. So <laughs> at that point we just kinda of, Ryan and I just kinda of looked at each other and it's like, Yeah, eh, fuck it. We turned around and went the other way and like took off across and roamed across the Mojave and found the train museum and went to Death Valley and had an extra day to do things in Death Valley, which was useful because Death Valley's fucking huge. Oh my God, it's beautiful okay. and also huge. Yeah, and that's like, yeah, you need time in order to get, get also across. Also very it. sparsely populated. Extraordinarily so. When you pass a gas station, stop. <clears throat> just, gas, just, just, just do just it. Just put gas in your car. Don't yell at the people. Be they very get, nice to them. They, they they are doing you a service by existing. Don't yell at the people. Um, but yeah, like making that decision to say, no, I'm going to do the thing that I have determined will satisfy me, even if it is not the thing that would be, you know, the flashier thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Maybe flashy isn't the right word. Well, there was a lot of decisions that Charity and I made, and I always made these decisions compared to like folks in our peer group where like, I just decided that I couldn't afford the party, not the same way that they could. Mm -hmm. And I'm not mad at them for having amazing experiences. I totally, you know, sat on Facebook with the FOMO many, many times. Oh yeah. And it's, you know, it was, I've always had like, the priority to me was to stabilize my life. Um, I did not graduate high school. I did not. I did not. I was not able to secure funding to continue in college, mm. and so I have worked very hard for my stability, and that stability does not lend itself to frequent vacations. Mm. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, it, it. This is a new thing, <laughs> but it's been. 
Yeah. We just did vacation a lot. Like I've missed so many parties and it's like, that's just the decision I had to make. Um, and I'm not mad at my friends. I love their pictures. Um, but yeah, I've missed a lot of parties. That's, that is a thing like making that decision. And it is a decision. (laughs) Yeah, it is a decision. Um, but yeah, I was able to go to more parties later. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what we're doing now. Like we just went to New York. Like that's like all of the travel that Charity and I are doing is basically since 2015. We've been together since 2010. We were just like, no, we're just going to stay at home and save money and buy a house. Yeah. Which is legit. Which is, like yeah. I'm so... You have a project. So happy to own this house given the like the... Housing work, market right now. It's, work towards your this project. This was a good idea. Um, but yeah, missed parties. Oh, yeah. Um, I have a couple, basically sort of tagging on the art in a New York City adventure thing. Uh, recently in the news, I will link to this. There is a street artist who put a QR code to deposit Bitcoin into his account on his art on the street. Okay. And it's this new thing and I keep hearing about it and I just kind of want to seed the audience's brains with this information. Like apparently it's popular in China at a nightclub um, where very, very rich people can put a QR code up on a screen and other people in the dance club can just scan it and get dollars. And it's just like a a way of... um, conspicuous consumption mm-hmm. right is these q it's one that's one of the manifestations of these codes is this conspicuous consumption trend in china in nightclubs but additionally crypto for art leaving little uh um qr codes on a street art piece that can be scanned and you can pay the artist for the work if you appreciate it and you would like them to get paid. And that to me is just like, I, I I literally heard that in the news this morning and I was so excited about it. I just needed to tell you, dear audience, that this is happening and it's so cool. <laughs> like, it's so cool that that happened. Features Somebody, of the future. The future has created a way for you to give your art away and with a tiny little code inside, somebody that decides it's valuable can pay you. That blows my fucking mind. And so I wanted to share that. Um, And I just wanted to review the stuff that I talked about in the business meeting with my friend. It's all stuff that I've already talked about before, but I always like to like revisit it Mm -hmm. because I know it's useful information about the ways that social media works. Um, And in particular, uh, the hashtags and the hashtag menu, which is a thing I know I talked about before, at least last year, I know I did. I'm so terrible with hashtags. I don't do it as much as I should and none of us do. And what, what I, what I want to encourage our listeners who are doing social media to do is to create their own hashtag menu. And what that is, it's just like a tasting menu in a restaurant. That's how I like to think about it. You want to have a bunch of hashtags that introduce who you are and a bunch of hashtags that talk about like kind of community stuff around you. You want to talk about the subject matter you want to talk about the whatever methodology is giving you the subject matter. So for example, 
when I did my fitness stuff from last year that I already brought up today, right? I had the, I had the hashtag menu for that set up and I had a whole bunch of hashtags to identify myself. I had a whole bunch of hashtags like fit fam, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, you, uh, whatever community stuff. And then I would have uh, method in, in methodologies. It would be like, oh, we're doing, um, freestyle connection stuff or, oh, I'm doing, uh, supple leopard, which is uh, Kelly okay, Starr, yeah, you know? And uh, I would do hashtags of the specific body part. So I'd be like uh, medial gastroc or whatever. Um, and I would do, uh, you know, mobilizing and like, so, so what we're doing, so whatever the verb is, so we're either mm-hmm. mobilizing, we're stretching, we're lifting, whatever the fuck it is, right? And your outcomes, what you hope to achieve, right? And there's a lot of different ways. And particular, I like to break down the fitness stuff because there's ways that fitness is a perfect example of some of the ways that we prioritize the wrong fucking thing. If you were to go and do your fitness thing and you type hashtag lose weight. No. No, that's right. That's the face you should make. But do you know what the priority is? Lose weight. Everybody's talking about lose weight. How do you you, uh, lose fat, lose weight? And it's just like, well, that is an entirely unhelpful conversation but that's where the conversation is and that's fine you can acknowledge that that's where the conversation is but building strength get strong building strength says essentially the same thing to the user they do in fact want to build strength Mm. lift lumber but it's underutilized because it's not the focus of popular culture finding those sorts of disparities those sorts of differentials where the popular conversation is over here. So most of the tags in under fitness are going to be about losing weight. Well, if you dig down more than, you know, the weight watchers sixties standard of success for fitness, well, sure. But, but yeah, we're going to learn that building strength is actually a thing. Like in the, um, one of the things, one of the, I'm going to have to look up this article. There was an article that is, there's just like the the focus on losing fat and losing weight has left us with an epidemic of muscle muscle uh uh what's the word people don't have enough muscle atrophy atrophy thank you thank you there's too much there's like there's an epidemic of muscle atrophy that people have they go to the gym and they because of this overall conversation that is unhelpful they go to the cardio machines to lose weight, lose fat that I say in quotes, and it's not helping them at all. Hashtag lift my damn groceries, right? <laughs> so that's just the one, that's Good. one by one easy example of where the conversation is in this unhelpful place. And if you want to be, you know, we're talking about how to do business better than colonialists. Well, yeah, there's a lot of conversation happening in shitty places have the good folks use the good hashtags. If you're doing fitness, let's talk about building strength. Let's talk about proper alignment. Let's talk about neutral spine. Mobility. Let's, Jesus Christ, mobility. Like, mobility is more important to me than diet, to yeah. be honest. Like, and that's not. You, you have less control over diet. Yeah. And one of the things I want to put, like, in parentheses around this is, like, not some idealized version of mobility. 
but mobility however you show up with the body that you have at this particular point in time absolutely so like which yeah i want to make that part clear too <laughs> well there's a i'm sorry i take for granted uh in crossfit there's actually adaptive yeah uh fitness mm -hmm. so i take for granted that that's a thing that exists for everyone but crossfit specifically and not all crossfit coaches take this training clearly but there's a there's an adaptive athlete crossfit games and they you know there are resources particularly youtube i especially love kelly starrett mm. around mobility yeah. you will become stronger by just becoming more limber and like owning owning the range of motion that you do have i mean like you're like you come at it from the crossfit angle mm -hmm. and like my like i guess i'm coming at it from the functional range conditioning where it's more like the range of motion that you do have and are capable of controlling well i would say that that's sort of an aftermarket from crossfit mm. what has happened is in order to be a crossfit gym you have to participate in certain crossfit stuff and a lot of people don't want to deal with that because it's it's super broy, mm. and mm. not everybody wants to deal with that and that's fine you know yeah. they have a business model and they're hitting it more power to them but there's a lot of other folks that are coming in afterwards and being like there's some problems with this i don't actually want to play your game i don't even want to be branded with your shit <laughs> um, and then and uh functional fitness is yes. technically a crossfit term mm, okay but it's not something that they could copyright so everybody else uses it <laughs> also they like the high intensity the high intensity interval training hit is basically CrossFit, but it's sort of like, you know, where they couldn't call uh, halflings hobbits for D&D &D, and they had to call them halflings because like the the Tolkien folks were like, no, we will sue your face off if you use the word hobbit. And we're like, oh, okay, fine, halfling, I guess. Sure, that makes sense. That'll work. You know, this is what copyright forces us to do and people kind of play these weird games and not fooling anyone. <sighs> anyway, so that's sort of, hashtag menu to me is is a very useful way to have your things set up ahead of time and the new thing that i've found uh on the interwebs about sort of separating your hashtag menu is to delineate how many times the hashtag has already been used so you want a section that is uh five to one million times used one to twenty five hundred is that right two hundred fifty thousand used and then uh, the under twenty, the under twenty-five or two hundred fifty thousand under that is a whole other section, just to sort of diversify the popularity of what you're offering. Because those higher ones, if you're just nobody on the internet, you're never, you're not never, but you're effectively writing yourself a lottery ticket. If you actually hit it and you make it to the to the top ten for that hashtag, it's gonna be absolutely incredible for your social media content. Like, it's pretty awesome. But the chances of it happening are almost nil. I wouldn't even go, if you're if you're not like literally, you know, Snoop Dogg or someone that literally everybody could identify, don't go over five million. You will never hit that. And you're basically wasting that hashtag and you only get 30. So, don't waste your hashtags. Be mindful about it. Tell a story. Make a menu so it's easier to actually implement. 
And then once you have your menu, you can actually make little groups and like add that to the bottom of your menu. So you can just copy and paste a group that's already been set up for you with like, you just have to add a couple little things about the specific content that you're doing. And then I'll even, once I'm in a storyline on Instagram, I will copy and paste that clump and track it through the storyline to its completion. Okay. So that we're able to not make, make this not as tedious as it could possibly be. Another fun little hack that I've heard is the hashtags work in the Instagram stories. And what you can do is you can add your hashtag, uh, highlight it, shrink it down, add another hashtag, highlight it, shrink it down, and keep stacking, again, up to 30 hashtags. And then put a sticker over the top of it so you don't see any of that garbage. So, you know, add invisible hashtags to your stories also work. So I just want to take a little time to, you know, share some of that, what I've learned in general, but we're going to get into some specifics. Do you want to? Yeah, like talking about the good the fuck enough, good the fuck enough. Like in the time that we've been off, I actually did work with a couple of clients and um, it, some people have this idea that getting organized is this sort of one and done thing and no no like people are never completely organized there's always something always yeah see <laughs> there's always a kid or an event or i rolled thing. my eyes it was very yeah. eye rolly yeah like or the flu or an unexpected visitor like something always happens because life life is hella real yeah life is life and it's gonna happen stuff's gonna go sideways nothing goes according to plan always um so a lot of my work is triage in some situations where um, I go in and get things to to a static point where uh, like if somebody's sliding down the cliff face or, or like the ice face and they whip out the pickaxe and just chuck it into the ice and hang on like that that's what I'm doing like you are sliding down into the cavern and I'm gonna there's an abyss there. Yeah, I'm going to just swing the pickaxe and we're going to hang on to this cliff face right here. And it's it's a form of triage. Like, okay, everything stops. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of frustration sometimes where they're like, but it's not done. And I'm like, I understand that. And I'm glad that you understand that as well. But I want you to take a step back and look at the magnitude of what we were dealing with. And how many hours we just spent digging everything and setting everything so that it doesn't get any worse. Like we've done the inventory, we've gotten rid of all the extra craft, and right now, neither one of us has the energy to go any farther. Like you want this magic wand to make everything perfect and done. Not gonna happen. We have to hit pause, which means this has to go back and it's going to be one giant Tetris. If you pull something, it's going to fall. That's okay. Because we're going to come back to it. And that's the part, like trying to get them to understand it's okay to put this into, into stasis and it be shitty because we're going to come back to it. We're not abandoning it. Mm-hmm. Um, and just appreciating that it's, it's uh, good enough for the time being and in consideration of the larger time scale, 
and taking into account their larger goal, which is also just like a really fucking huge thing to consider. That is really easy to gloss over in a lot of situations. So, mm, I feel like that got a touch ranty. Was not aiming for that, but like for real, sometimes you need to just accept that things are gonna be really, really crappy for a while before they get better. Totally. That's, that just happens. <clears throat> that is real. But it was satisfying to have, like, have that situation come up with a client, and then they got it, and they were like, "Okay, I see what's going on. This is really interesting. Uh, see you next time." Like, absolutely, I am here for you. I have your back. Like, call me if you feel panicky about it. <laughs> so yeah, that was a relief, cathartic for both of us. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, rantifesto time. Uh, yeah. I have I have a lot of feelings about my experiences on TikTok, and mostly they are uh, self-critical. Mm. I would say that I was a little too thirsty for likes, and I made poor decisions, and my body was saying, "No, you should not do that." And my brain was like, "No, but we have a really couple. I have a handful of really good reasons for why it's totally okay to do this." And I was wrong, and I am sorry, and now. I have to fucking deal with it. So here's what happened. Um, basically, there was there's a, a video on my TikTok right now that is currently at around 13,000 plays mm -hmm. and around, I don't know, between eight and 900 likes. And that's a lot. That's like a lot. It, it, it's certainly not like viral viral, but it's pretty goddamn close. Mm. It's closer than I've ever been. And... Um, I got a troll and there was a way that I wanted to believe, I feel like most of my issues that I was very optimistic and I wanted to believe that I could like transmute the troll into a human because they are in fact humans. They're just hurt, sad humans. Trolls aren't real. And um. I was just trying to just, if I can open my heart with loving kindness, you know, meditation technique, mm -hmm. if I could just open my heart with loving kindness and be genuinely kind to them, they lose interest. And that part was true. They do lose interest, but not soon enough. Mm. And one of the things that I was trying to do, there's, um, obviously I talk about Gene, the gene pool and uh billy jean is marketing i'm i'm on his shit i'm enrolled in his program and listen to his classes and stuff and he talks about how controversy is actually a good thing and according to the algorithm this is true that any it, it, the the algorithm that decides whether or not to make your post important doesn't know that the person commenting is a jerk. And what happens is when you respond to them, you are validating their comment. And it looks like there's a positive conversation happening. So randomly on the Guggenheim post, which is the viral one that we're talking about, randomly on the Guggenheim post, somebody perhaps that works for the Guggenheim was like, thank you, I'm glad you liked it. And like, like he's taking responsibility somehow for that. And maybe he just lives in New York or whatever. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But the next thing that comes up is a troll. And I just 
you know, say thank you for your comment. Have a good day. And he comes back later. And the reason that we were talking about the Guggenheim is because last week they gave $1.1 million back to the family that's profiting off of the opioid epidemic. <laughs> and that is just absolutely inspiring and amazing to me that, that there is, is a such a thing as dirty money and I don't want your fucking shit in my bank. That is a power move. That is beautiful. And I was talking about that in my TikTok. And so this guy is talking about how basically he's being a victim blamer. He's being like, good to, good to know you don't care about personal accountability. Mm. It's obviously the pill's fault. Like, dude, really? The fuck are you talking about? And, and I let it stay. And what I should have done is report it and block them right away. And in the future, that's what I will do. Because he came back mm -hmm. and he said, thank you for pushing the fake news story about the opioid epidemic. Uh. <laughs> now that is some abusive garbage. And that absolutely got flagged and was deleted. Mm -hmm. But I also responded to that and just put, I forgive you with prayer hands. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know what pain that man is in that he needs to put that. And I do forgive him. I also low-key wanted to shame him, which is why I chose the prayer hands. Because I will also assume he's a Christian. Because <laughs> that's not cool. That's abusive. You're being a shithead. Uh, but I left it up. And then later somebody posted, you know, I'm seven years clean from opioid mm -hmm. addiction. And I was like, fuck, I should not have left that up there. No one should have to see that. I should have deleted it right away. Other people commented on it. Other people liked it. It was like the most popular comment for like the day. Um, but I did it to make it go viral and it worked. Mm. But now I feel fucking dirty. Okay. So that is why I'm telling you this, dear audience. You're going to have some hacks out there and they're going to tell you to do some shitty things. And you're going to maybe feel it in your body that this is not a good idea. And you're going to be like, oh, but Billie Jean said this was cool. And if I can just transmute that. I mean, I get, I, I'm not mad at myself like that. I, I forgive myself too. Like I know my intention was to, I, be, I believed that it would work. And that's the only reason I tried it. But I know better now, and I will never do that again, and I am so sorry. That will not happen again. Um, but I just wanted to take a moment to just talk about, like, integrity. And, like, we're playing this game, and we do get thirsty for likes and attention. We do be willing to just, like, ju just take shortcuts. It's a hack move. That's why they call it a hack move. It's a shortcut. I knew it was a shortcut and I took it anyway because I thought, eh, that, that's not that bad. It's not that thing. Well, here's what happened that's actually fucked up. When I went to delete it later, it didn't delete. That shit's still there. I've had to, I've had to create another account and start reporting it because it is abusive. It's bullying. And if you see that on my TikTok, feel free to report it and say when, they, when you fill out the form, say that they're harassing me and that they're victim blaming to addicts and this is bullying language and it's not acceptable, shouldn't be acceptable.
um, that should be their job to do it, but we can't trust them to do their job. This is to the creators. We cannot trust them to do their job. You need to police it yourself. You need to block them immediately and report it. Don't just delete it because they're not actually deleting them. It just deletes it so that you don't see it. They've seen, you've told them you don't want to see it and they make sure you don't see it. But Courtney came here this afternoon and she checked her TikTok. It was there. So. No, reporting it. Reporting it is at least an escalation. Mm. Um, so that they know something's fucked up. The other thing I wanted to get into is there's a lot of kids on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Children. Like as, as young as 10 years old, I think. I, I don't even understand how these kids have phones that can do this, but I don't care. Not my problem. I have been, so in the social media marketing sphere and the people giving you advice, you are advised when somebody follows you, uh, you follow them back and you write them a personal message that says, thanks for the follow. And they literally all tell you to say the same exact thing. So dear audience, if you choose to do this, please think of anything else. Just literally anything else. The audience is fully desensitized to that fucking statement. They assume you're a bot. Um, which I didn't know. I've, I've actually been typing that <clears throat> until this last month. Anyway, not important. Learn from my mistakes. Um, I've been, I've started to put welcome to my party. And the reason that I say that specifically is because this is my party. This, the, 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 I, I work at the party. <laughs> it's Carney. a, it's a metaphor, <laughs> you know, it's a game. I'm building community. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy to have that young person in my community later. <laughs> but I'll be goddamn, I'll be pissed if somebody was in the DMs on any fucking social media app to my children. Ooh. Right? And on that note, wow. Okay. And possibly even age limiting my feed to like 16 and over. Okay. Because it is more, more, more adult content. Mm -hmm. And I don't... I, I, As a young person that wanted to grow up too fast, I understand the inclination to do so. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to play that game with you. I'm not here for that. Not that particular kind of party. No, nah, it's not that kind of party at all. So now that I'm... Uh, now that I, like, I've had my first viral thing and I've gotten over the hundred followers and it was kind of a big deal to get over 100 followers when like none of my friends are on that platform at all yeah that was like work i don't even wow. know how they have a phone that's so like i looked it up and it actually takes 13 gigs to load tiktok that's a hungry little that's crazy plat like that's a crazy software program it's incredibly powerful it is an incredibly powerful video editor yes. and social media platform. So it does make sense that it's actually huge, but wow. But damn, like how does, I don't, <laughs> I don't think parents understand that when you give your child a cell phone, you've given them a porn production studio, but uh, dear uh, audience, <laughs> when you give your kids a phone, you've given them a porn production studio. Let's think about that. Be mindful. Be mindful. So do you want to talk about the, like, I, do you want to do like an addendum on the, uh, the Guggenheim, the Guggenheim thing? thing? I mean, like that, 
that that was new a listeners. power move. Like I don't know, like if if people have come over from the TikTok post or anything, they like, have. Like, oh, it's well, on that greetings and salutations, yeah. everybody. But um, no, I okay. So for people just joining us, I used to work in various forms of institutional development, um, which is to say fundraising for colleges and universities, for museums, for private schools, like all those sort of things. Um, so hearing that the Guggenheim said, you know, oh, oh this, this gift you gave us, the, the, yeah, the, that was nice. Here you go. Have it back. Was such a move. One, because most philanthropy, and this is going to sound jaded, um, but based in fact, as far as my understanding of the field goes, um, parentheses, my understanding of the field, like I left fundraising ooh, about a decade ago now. Um, but the tax code is still pretty static and unruly. these are old tactics. Yeah. But the whole notion of philanthropy is this altruistic thing where you're trying to do right in the world and make things beautiful is only partially true. And most philanthropy is my big eyes open. Look, no, uh, yeah, they, no. They, they, they lied to me. Oh, yeah, they lied to you. Oh, no, no, no. The philanthropy. The philanthropic industrial complex, as it exists, is, That's real. is a thing that is built on the back of the tax code. Yeah. And it's built in such a way that it takes advantage of, of the laws and regulations as they exist in order to minimize tax burden for people with a fuck ton of money. More money than sense. Yeah, that they can't realistically unload or move around the or you know you could just fucking pay your taxes people i'm just as an option I mean, just pay your goddamn taxes that's next week um right <laughs> Carry but on. i mean but but that that industry that like philanthropic philanthropic endeavors kind of ride on the back of that so the fact that the guggenheim is like oh yeah this how much was it 1.1 1. 1, oh, yeah. million dollars so that family reduced their tax burden by that much. <gasps> so the fact that the Guggenheim is like, no, 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 here you go. Just screwed them on their tax. <laughs> That's why I was like, that is such a boo. Okay. I mean, that was, that was kind of a, oh, uh, it, it's, it's kind of a poetic fuck you. And like, I, yeah, I'm appreciating that. <laughs> their accountant's probably going, oh, shit. Like, what the hell do we do with this now? And the Guggenheim comes out looking like smelling like a rose because they've done the good thing. They've gotten great PR out of it, if of nothing course. else. Like, we're carrying that torch for them. Yeah. I mean, we're Again. Doing, uh-huh. So it's like all these things that seem like they're the right thing are, are motivated by like trying to get PR. It's, mm-hmm. it's them fishing for likes. It's the, you know, the family making the donation. It was them trying to reduce their tax burden. I mean, like, okay, yeah, this is an institution I like. I can kind of get behind it here, have some money. But it's not this sort of like starry-eyed, altruistic, yes, I want to make the world a better place. And I say this as someone who worked in philanthropy for 15 years and just kind of had all sense of altruism ground the fuck out of me. It I is a machine. Like to, I would like to say, I would I would assume that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation thing is perhaps the first step away from that. 
that you're talking about mm. there, Courtney, where like they seem to be like, no, we have more money than goddamn cents. I would actually like to do some good with it. Mm. And and I feel like that's like the one shift. Like an outlier. Yeah. Like the, the shift toward more moral whatever, you know, like the idea that all of all of the various billionaires in the world are sort of in a space race pissing contest what yeah. to like ditch us yeah because they're like nah y'all can have this polluted rock we got all of our <laughs> wealth polluting that rock for you but uh later the clock is ticking we're gonna get out before you eat us oh. but i mean like those dollars could be put to gates, everything yeah, anything else i'm thinking like the gates foundation probably is closer to i don't like going back to the rail <laughs> rail history please um the um like i don't know the carnegie carnegie foundation like mm. all the libraries oh. where the robber barons were like oh shit okay you know we have more money than since what do we do let's i don't know make education more widely available what do we do on a societal level to make people you know improve their lot how can we help the That's most beautiful people? i didn't even know that yeah carnegie libraries they're from the carnegie family it's like mm. hey we got this money here have some libraries they read learn it come on yeah books they're good for you um if i so did that, that i would i would spend time converting old churches into discos oh dance that's Music right and dance. but but i mean that that's sort of all altruism and i'm kind of using it in quotes and not quite sure if altruism is the right word for what i'm trying to convey here but that sort of um mass like mass shoveling. organized redistribution or yeah that like shoveling of resources towards improving society versus top-down redistribution yeah versus like oh let's figure out how to get i would prefer something into space i would prefer centralized distribution redistribution thank you all right um, but and i'm not saying this to say that exploring space is a bad idea because space is kind of awesome and there's really awesome shit out there but not my point like but yeah. my point is that the billionaires spending their way into ditching us yeah like <clears throat> how about how about we get how about we fix this rock eh yeah like I don't this know. rock's pretty good i like it let, let let's get i don't know like education some yeah um maybe a little bit of housing maybe some lead out of the pipes oh a couple like you know potable water oh god potable that water. was the future yeah how did we let that go yeah how, how can we get everybody to have potable water yeah how's that that sounds good that's so, so bare minimum oh my god but yeah <laughs> so are we good i think we're good next week we have a very very special uh we had a very special thing planned for us we're going to reach out to our networks basically it's pretty obvious uh Courtney and I have experienced upward mobility in our lives and we're mm -hmm. very grateful for that. Yes. And for the folks that have yet to experience that, we would love to share all of the things that we have learned in yeah, like, our climb to the top or whatever, you know, not exactly the top, time to climb to the middle. Um, yeah. <laughs> and the things that when we grew up with scarcity that we didn't know and like when learning upon adulthood that this is kind of how things work, we were just like kind of gobsmacked like, of just what? really? what okay. and there's just a lot of things that when you're you know living from moment to moment and paycheck to paycheck you don't have enough time to look up and figure out the larger structures and the larger systems yeah and we have had a lot of that insight like we got feedback from a few weeks ago when we were talking about the college thing just mm -hmm. that 
that the, those accounts that they label as college accounts are never to be used. Mm. Like those sorts of tricks. We're going to reach out to our folks. Yeah, like what do you, if, and you, were we reaching Absolutely. out to you as well? If you have, you have questions, any questions, please. Um, Kindnessecon like at gmail.com. Yes, and like we can try and answer things as best we can, or at least try and look up the answers. I can at least ask my financial planner guy. Uh, exactly. I have one of those. Yeah, like I being can able ask. to ask people, like, yeah. this is some information that needs to be out in the world. Right. So we so. do have our experts. We're happy to reach out to them. If you have questions, yeah, email us them. at kindnessecon at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. Check out the website. Send your friends this stuff if you like it. Yes. Share, like. Share it. Subscribe. Subscribe. Yes. Do that. You can find us. You can find me at uh, I'm Bonus Parent Baba all over the internet, mm -hmm. and um, especially TikTok. I'm like really digging. You TikTok. are like all oh, over TikTok, I and I am uh, Courtney King at C King Solutions. That is the letter C K I N G Solutions. dot com. Nice. Oh, beautiful. So, dear listeners, that is our show for this week. Thank you so much for your attention. Please take excellent care of yourself yes. and the people and the world around you. Safe travels, everybody. I hope to see you in the future.